Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Mr. Kim McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kim McGee on the Twitter and at Kim on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch all the five live shows throughout the week. So you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app today. And speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you want to subscribe to our podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by going to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at WARR Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two hour extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But we decide to troll and or do something stupid. We know it's Halloween for those of you that celebrate that goofy holiday. You have any tricks up your sleeve? I've given Lakina full power to give you full stability and be a boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago, now available on Roku TV. That's why right. Sports Health Chicago is now available on Roku TV. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Health Chicago is now on Roku TV. We are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. If you already have Roku TV, just tap on the sports photo and download Sports Health Chicago through that way, through that avenue, I should say. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. You have a handheld device laying around your cell phone, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, the Chromebook. Chromebook like I'm using it right now, like using her personal PC, just download the Roku TV app and access Sports Health Chicago through the avenue. So once again, Sports Health Chicago is available on Roku TV. So get with the program today. Lakina, every Monday we do it around this time. We'll get this is our NFL power hour. But but before we review yesterday's action, we must talk about the Chicago Bears. They 
go down to Big D in Dallas, Texas. They dropped one to the Dallas Cowboys by the score of 49 to 29. Dak Prescott for the Cowboys, 21 to 27, 250 yards and two touchdown passes. His quarterback, Ray, was to sell him 114.5. Justin Fields on the other side had a couple of touchdown passes yesterday. Two to be exact, off of 723 for 151 yards. His overall rating was 120. Khalil Herbert, 16 carries, 99 yards. David Montgomery, 15 carries, 53 yards in a fumble. Lakina will dive into this more in just a minute, but the defense simply didn't show up yesterday. And for those of you who don't want to say that Robert Quinn would have made a difference yesterday, I don't want to hear it because Dallas is a better team than the Chicago Bears. They showed that yesterday, and they didn't even put Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. You know what? You want to know why? Because they have, they have a bye week. They have bigger goals in mind. Lakina, it's just we said this uh, before the start of the season. We'll say it again. This is a year of transition for our Chicago Bears. And yesterday, they have a long way to go to get where they need to be. And Dallas just uh, proved uh, just proved that point again yesterday. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that game. I was watching because it was only a noon game on here in Chicago. So I was. I was watching some of the other noon games via this uh, laptop here, and I saw a little bit of it. Look, I mean, Dallas Kill came out swinging. You know, the, you know, the Bears were, did come back. They mm-hmm. scored 17 in the second quarter. Got a little bit of hope a little bit, but then, you know, it was clearly like a, a punch, counter punch. And once I mean, people forget that Tony Pollard is actually a pretty serviceable, you know, backup running back. And mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, they really didn't need Zeke because, you know, they got bigger fish to fry. 131 yards from Pollard. Uh, rushing yards of three touchdowns. So they he was just running right through that Bears defense. And yeah, yeah, Robert Quinn, but I, I doubt if he would have made a difference if Robert Quinn had, you know, was still mm-hmm. here. So it was sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, really, that, that that's, you know, that's just silly to say that he would have made a, diff- a, a dent of a difference. Now, there was some, you know, sort of like we, we are weird, wacky things. You know, there were some, mm-hmm. some penalties when Michael Parsons got that scoop and score that kind of put the game the game away. Justin Fields kind of just hopped over him. And I, yeah. I, 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 I don't think any did, did someone forget to tell him that in, in, in the NFL, when there was a change of possession, you actually have to try to tackle the guy or as, yeah, Peter at least Tillman touch him. Said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or tag him as, you know, as Peanut Tillman said on Twitter yesterday during the game. So that, that was a little bit weird. I know, yes, he had a nice, um, and 120 uh, quarterback rating, two touchdowns and such. You know, he had a couple of interceptions that you know, you know, there was a, there was a, one that was a penalty, and then there was another one that that you know it, it didn't count. So kind of got a little bit let off the hook there. It was just one of those things where look, the Bears are back to being who we who they are. I know people were always saying after that after I went against uh, New England last Monday, oh, you know, the Bears might have a shot of you know getting the playoffs, making a playoff berth or whatever, but. Uh, <laughs> Dallas said, uh, Dallas kind of gave me the, 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 the tumble finger when said, hope, you know, thankfully he's doing a lot better. So, uh, you know, we're thinking about the Dickham Bay, but it, it was just like, really? Like, come on, Bears fans, really? You actually think this team has a shot of making the playoffs? And who who knows? I mean, some people said maybe Eddie Jackson with the, the trade deadline coming up tomorrow. Could Eddie Jackson be on the move? Could a couple of other like secondary guys in that defense be on the move too? So it's just like, I think people just kind of just need to chill on the whole expectations and such. This is a, re- this is a rebuild. There's nothing, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And uh, I know our, our buddy uh, Vernon uh, said that, uh, you know, that Jason, uh, of course, you know, what's up, cousin? You can check him out tonight. You know, they're gonna be, he's gonna be looking at his chops for the Dolphins game. That's their next opponent next uh, next week. But uh, yeah, it's just like no, no. This Bears team is that who you thought they were? 
You listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live in the living color on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you, hanging out with you, discussing the Bears' 49-29 loss to the Dallas Cowboys, dropping the Bears uh, to 3-5, and 1-4 away from Soldier Field. Another thing that I was encouraged about Lakina, he only had two catches in the game, but one of them was a touchdown pass, his first since his rookie year 2020. Cole Komet, yay! Yeah, was encur- on the team, yay! Yeah, exactly, I, I was encouraged by that. But I was also encouraged by, you mentioned Eddie Jackson. He did get a pick yesterday. But the downside of it is for that Bears defense, we know that the run defense has been terrible all season long. But Jaquan Brisker did get a sack yesterday. So as I told you, Lakina, if the Bears get three sacks or more, they usually win. They only got one sack yesterday. And it, it was yeah, all down here. Look, I just think I've I've heard you know sports radio here in Chicago can be a little bit of a touch and go at times because I won't say the names, but there are some there they just want to roll their eyes. I'm like, really, you really, you really, you really want to put that out there? But uh, I mean, mm-hmm. look, look, like Nikhil, you know, Harry had a touchdown catch and and such. I mean, you know, the rushing, you know, why did they, why didn't Dan Montgomery get the ball more? I know Khalil Herbert had almost 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, mm-hmm. but you know, it just really it really didn't matter by that point. So. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, you got your bus kicked by Dallas. Okay, you know, you, you, you okay, yeah. Again, you didn't, pl- you didn't play a complete, uh, complete game. And you know, look, you play the mm-hmm. Dolphins on Sunday. Good luck trying to uh, slow down Tyreek Hill. You know, good luck to you. Good luck to you, Bears. Uh, Bears defense. Good luck <laughs> to you. Yeah, just a couple of uh, things just to wrap up on that Bears game before we move on to the rest of the action from yesterday because there were some pretty interesting games as well, Lakina. Uh, the, the Bears have a lot of work to do. We know that about, especially revamping their defense. The offensive line, call me crazy, Lakina, but we know it's not perfect, as I said before, for the last couple of years. It's very good in terms of run blocking, but in terms of pass protection, it's been terrible. But yesterday's game, uh, I, I, I mean, unless you saw something I didn't, uh, I really don't have that much to say because I hate repeating myself over and over again. But I thought I thought it was okay in spots in terms of pass protection, but I really can't really ramble and wave about that offensive line. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best in the league because we, we all know that it's not, but I don't have too much to say about that offensive line yesterday. Maybe because well, yeah, the game was that much out of hand. Well, yeah, I mean, Latifah Jen- Jenkins had like a terrible penalty, so that's a whole like different situation now as far as you know, the, the line itself. I mean, I, I know they've had some injuries. They have, they have had guys that were banged up, so – you know, okay, yeah, you know, okay, okay, look, you, okay, fine, you know, four sacks, you allow four, you know, just you feel to get sacked four times, and I'm telling folks, mm-hmm. I've been telling people that uh, feels is going to get hurt at some point, having to, you know, when the pocket collapses, it collapses quick, he's going to have to run, and I mm-hmm. hope he doesn't, you know, step on, you know, the, the turf, you know, in the wrong way, and he ends up, you know, being hurt, and he's gone for the year, I'm not, look, I'm not putting that out there, but you know, this mm-hmm. old line is just, it's just putrid. So uh, let's move on because I'm getting, getting angry at this. <laughs> but this, this, this game doesn't, you know, doesn't deserve uh, any more uh, time. So you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sydney Bradley, Keenan McGee, Talking Bears and NFL. Yeah, if you still have a, uh, a question or comment about yesterday's Bears game, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Now let's start out with the yesterday's action in London, where the Denver Broncos finally get a win behind Russell Wilson, who made his return to the lineup. They defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 21-17. to 
Russell Wilson, 18 to 30, 252 yards and a touchdown pass. Travis Etienne, the second year running back out of Clemson for Jacksonville, 24 carries, 156 yards and a touchdown. And Latavius Murray had the go-ahead touchdown. And he's their new running back for the Denver Broncos. And Jacksonville going into yesterday's game was, was 0-5 in one-score games this year. Now make it 0-6 after yesterday's loss. And Trevor Lawrence uh, made that silly interception yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you wonder why why didn't NTN get the ball more for uh, Jackson, yeah. 156 yards and a touchdown. He really, you know, we didn't hear him too much, you know, that 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 sort of like that later uh, point in the game. Now, look, if you're if you're Russell Wilson and Denver, this is what you really needed. You really needed this win to try to kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. get into sort of like be kind of like right there in the thick of it for the AFC wild card, I should say. Now, I think Latavius Murray, I believe, I forgot which team he played for, but he is the first NFL player to score in London twice. For uh, two different teams, I think he did with the Saints a couple years ago, if I'm not mistaken. So you may be right. Uh, yeah, I might be able to correct me on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think if you're Denver, this is definitely the, the sort of like the spot that you needed. And, you, and, and what uh, Jerry Judy had 63 yards uh, and a touchdown for them, and it was really the defense for uh, Denver that kind of slowed them down. So and got those two interceptions from uh, Trevor Lawrence. And look, Jacksonville, I mean, they've become kind of a disappointment. But, but, you know, we'll, we'll probably do it on Friday with our girl Christine, but uh, Christine Macro KXRB. But I feel like Jacksonville's kind of been one of those disappointing teams in the league this year because a lot of people thought, you know, got, you know they made all these transitions, you know, with you know, Christian Kirk and some of the other moves that they made. And then you brought in Doug Peterson, you know, kind of a, you know, a Super Bowl winning coach, but then they're not, they're just, like you said, they're like 0 8 on uh, one score games. They're like 0 3 this year alone in one score games. Mm-hmm. So, it's just not, not – it's not clear for Jacksonville right now. Yeah, Doug Peterson, I think, has this team on the right track. But this is – just like the Bears, uh, this is a young team that has to go through some growing pains. You think they will catch lightning in the bottom. Maybe they still can, but they're still learning how to win. But right now they're just making critical mistakes at bad times. You saw that yesterday. You saw that last week against the Giants. You saw it on opening day at Washington. We'll get to Washington later. But uh, this team, I still believe, is on the right track. They just had to learn how to win. Let's get one more game in, Lakina, before the bottom of the hour break. And one of the uh, games of the day. The Atlanta Falcons come from behind to beat the Carolina Panthers 37-34 to 34 in overtime. P.J. Walker for Carolina 19-36, 317 yards in that game-tying touchdown uh, <laughs> at the end of regulation. Deontay Foreman for Carolina, 26 carries, 118 yards and three touchdowns. And D.J. Moore, whoo, I think that name's going to be brought up again later on in this hour. Six catches, 152 yards in that game-tying touchdown. Lakina, this is for DJ Moore. This ain't the 90s anymore. Keep your helmet on till you get to the sidelines. Don't do anything stupid. Oh, I'm sorry. Too late. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing with uh well, also uh, Eddie Pinheiro needs to be uh be took to task as well. I mean, yeah, that more penalty, mm-hmm. yeah, it was bad and it was awful and it was just stupid. Yeah, we get that, but you know, and the Pinero had like a 48-yard a field goal that went you know, indoors, by the way. It wasn't like yes. it had like wind, like the, the, the winds are calm. They had another chance to win after it was intercept after uh CJ Henderson uh caught uh Marion interception. Then mm-hmm. you know had a shot to uh, you know score again. You know, hell what was a 30 yard or a chip shot for Pinero? You know, he missed it, he hooks it left. So, you know, the first, you know, I think the second guy to do that, you know, you know, this year, but uh 
it's sort of you know who you know, came on and you know the Falcons were set up you know a game-winning field goal and now they're in first place at four and four in the NFC South. So I don't think anybody's got that earlier this year. But uh, you know a nice win for the Falcons. Look, I you know the Panthers. Have, you know you had your shots and you just couldn't take it. Yeah, the Panthers dropped to two and six, and the Falcons, as you mentioned, improved their record to four and four, first place in the NFC South. More recap of Week Eight from the NFL. In just a moment, also we'll give you our studs and does from yesterday, and we'll give you a quick preview of tonight's Monday Night Football contest between the Cincinnati Bengals and those Cleveland Browns. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports, real live in the land of color, right here on SportsZone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Dr. J and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. 
Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color on the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can get at your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's group again on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left for this extravagance we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to get at us via the comment section, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Continuing with our Week 8 recap from yesterday, uh, let's go to the Motor City where the Miami Dolphins uh, come back from a 27-17 halftime deficit to beat the Detroit Lions 31-27. To a tongue of a lova, 29 of 36, 382 yards, and three touchdown passes. Raheem Moster ran the ball hard for the fighting fish 14 times for 64 yards. Tyreek Hill, 12 catches for 188 yards. As you say, Lakina, good luck with the Bears trying to stop him next week. But Jalen Waddle, my guy on my fantasy team, by the way, had two touchdown catches. He had over 100 yards of receiving yard of receiving. Uh, my buddy Mike Kosecki got on the act too. He had a touchdown catch as well. Yes, he did. Yeah, fourteen uh, nothing that they were up. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Detroit. They were up twenty-seven to seventeen <laughs> at halftime. So unfortunately, again, another uh, loss for Detroit. And you know, I guess they fired their uh, defensive backs coach or defensive line coach or something like that. <laughs> you know, in the, we, we now you know. So like somebody said, they now entered the. Uh, uh, a scapegoat portion of the program for uh, Detroit. So, but you know, a, a nice win for Miami, and you know they're they're you know, five and three. They're right in the thick of it for the AFC uh, wild card. And uh, and look, it's sort of one of those uh, wins that yeah, it, they had to really like sort of like grind it out. But you know, by the second half, you know the Dolphins took complete control, and uh, Tua had three touchdown passes. So you know, look, a nice win for Miami. Yeah, I watched the majority of that game live in the living color via this computer screen. And the Miami did have a, a very good performance after trailing early. And from the second quarter or you get on, you could tell that they took complete control of the game. The Lions, as they always do, they step on their own two feet when it has something going good. Miami proves their regular submission to five and three. Detroit drops to one and six. To Minneapolis we go, where the Minnesota Vikings held on to a 34-26 win over the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, Lakina's guy. 31 of 44, 326 yards and three touchdown passes. Dalvin Cook for the Vikings ran the ball 20 times for 111 yards and a big touchdown. And DeAndre Hawkins, who had the catch of the day yesterday, he had 12 receptions for 159 yards and a score. Yeah, just, you know, the defense just couldn't slow down the Vikings. And, uh, you know, Cousins had uh, two touchdowns. Of course, you know, Dalvin Cook, who I have on my fantasy team, rushed for 111, excuse me, 111 11 yards <laughs> and a touchdown. And of course, Adam Thielen had uh, 67 uh, receiving yards. So yeah, Minnesota is sort of been one of those teams, and it, it's sort of like you know they're kind of like quietly six and one. Like nobody's really talking about them. They're sort of like just saying, oh, okay, yeah, I know the Packers are having issues, and you know the Eagles are undefeated, and you know Dallas is doing well, and, and such. You know the, the NFC West is wild, and no one's paying attention to us. And if you're look, if you're Kevin O'Connell, you're a first year head coach, and you know, everybody else on that team, I think you're, you're, you're okay with that. So it was actually a pretty mm -hmm. entertaining game uh, yesterday. 
Yeah, I was flipping back and back and forth between the Lions game and the Vikings game. Uh, Justin Jefferson uh, didn't do much yesterday. Kirk Cousins, but for that first touchdown for the Vikings, uh, he doesn't have Deion Sanders type speed. But where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that kind of came out of nowhere. I saw. I saw that. Uh... Yeah, like you know, show us some wheels. I don't think y'all think he's ran that much since he was at Michigan State. So yeah, right. You know, it's little, so it's a little bit nutty, you know, seeing that. But uh, yeah, like I said, nice one for Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, as you mentioned, six and one overall in the year, four and zero at home. The Cardinals dropped to three and five, two and two away from home. To New Orleans, Louisiana, we go next, where the New Orleans Saints shut out. The Las Vegas Raiders by the score of 24 to nothing. The first time the Raiders have been shut out since November of 2014. Andy Dalton, which our girl Christine, the Queen Manica, made fun of on Friday as I picked the Saints. I think I was the only one on the panel that picked the Saints, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, thanks a lot, Las Vegas. Thanks for nothing. Thank you. But anywho. Anywho, Andy Dalton for the Saints, 22 of 30, 229 yards and two touchdown passes. Alpha Camaro clearly with his best game of the year. Running the ball 18 times for 62 yards in a score. He also had nine catches, 96 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Yeah, Kamara is a hot name coming out for that trade deadline. So he had two receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. So it was it was definitely you know all him. And uh, if you're uh, New Orleans, you wonder like is that something that you, do you want to try to trade your Kamara when the stock value is high? It's his 10th career game. We're talking about Kamara with both a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown since the merger. There's only been two other players that have had that, Marshall Falk and Brian Westbrook. So not mm-hmm. that company there uh, for if you're Kamara. So, again, we'll see if he gets traded tomorrow, by tomorrow. And also, you know, if you're, they're three and five, you want to think that they're probably maybe right there for one of the wild card spots. But they've been kind of up and down and such. And the Raiders, I don't know what the heck happened. I mean, they're off a bye, so you thought that maybe they would have a little bit of an effort. I know Josh McDaniels is sort of like, you know, losing it right now. But come on. <laughs> I mean, where, where was the effort uh, yesterday? Not just that, not just because I picked him, but come on. Where was the effort? And you targeted Devontae Adams only three times. That's not going to get it done. So you mentioned the Saints pick up, pick up the win there, three and five to ride the, while the Raiders are two and five. It wasn't for the Denver Broncos. Lakeen, I think the Raiders will, will be getting a whole lot more heat uh, than they are mm-hmm. right now. Let's go to New York City, where, as I told you on Friday, the New England Patriots will bounce back after their embarrassing loss at home against the Bears last week on Monday Night Football. The Patriots scored, thir- scored 13 unanswered points in the third quarter on their way to a 22-17 win over the New York Jets. Zach Wilson for New York, 20-41, 355 yards, two touchdown passes, but three critical interceptions. Ramondre Stevenson ran the ball hard for the Pats, 16 times for 71 yards. Uh, Garrett Wilson, the rookie star wide wide receiver, had six catches for 115 yards for the Jets. Yeah, if you're the if you're a Patriots fan, you're wondering where was this uh this effort against the Bears on Monday last Monday. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're the Patriots, but you digress. But uh, look, and also to uh Bill Belichick, I know how you feel about this, but he did earn his 325th career win, including the pay- pay- playoffs. He passed uh George House for second most on the all-time list by a head coach, sitting only you know behind Mr. Don Shula with 347 wins at this point. So you know, congrats to him. Now, now, as far as the, you know, the Patriots, you know, Jets game, I'm kind of like, I kind of kept my one eye on it. Look, I mean, Mac Jones, you know, you had, they had it, he had the reception early on, but he was able to settle mm-hmm. down. Zach Wilson, you know, kind of falling back to earth a little bit. Now, there are some are already questioning whether or not is he the guy. Elijah Moore, he's like in a lot of touches. So, 
you know, you wonder, is there a little bit of trouble in paradise going on it, over there in New York? But, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's sort of one of those sort of, you know, these, these games where, you know, they're four and four. I'm talking about the Patriots, you know, Jets mm-hmm. fall to five and three. And, you know, it doesn't get any easier for the Jets either. So, you know, they want to feel like want to be taken seriously. This was a game to do it, and they couldn't get it done. Yep. In the, in the last of the early games, the Philadelphia Eagles dominated their state rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in an interconference matchup. The Philadelphia beat Pittsburgh 35-13. Jalen Hurts, 19-28, 285 yards and four touchdown passes. Miles Sanders ran the ball hard for the game green nine times for 78 yards and a score. A.J. Brown, six catches for 156 yards and three first-half touchdowns. Lakina, just total domination by the Eagles. It's enough said. Yeah, if you had uh, A.J. Brown in your fantasy league, you had a nice, pretty good uh, showing uh, yesterday. He's the first Eagles player with three receiving touchdowns in the first half since he got all the way back to 2007 with Kevin Curtis. It's actually also the first time that a Eagles receiver had three receiving touchdowns of 20-plus yards over the air. So, uh, look, you really, look, if you're the Eagles, you don't have to really do too much. I mean, you know, four touchdowns by Hurts. Uh, Miles Sanders had a t- rushing touchdown. And Zach Pascal had that other uh, touchdown uh, catch from her so you know the Seals couldn't get anything going it was sort of just one of those games where you're kind of like by halftime you really you, you were really unless you're an Eagles fan you were watching it anymore so you know exactly uh, sort of a nice sort of like a you know, total domination from start to finish by the Eagles to say the field yeah Yep, the Eagles are 7-0, and the Steelers are now 2-6 and on the year. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color on Sports Host Chicago. Sealy and Lakina here with you, uh, reviewing Week 8 action from the National Football League. Now let's get into the late games. We'll start off with the lone game from the AFC. It was the Tennessee Titans holding on to a 17-10 victory over the Houston Texans. Davis Mills for Houston, 17-2952 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry, 32 carries for 219 yards to two touchdowns for the Titans. Brandon Cooks for the Texans, four catches for 73 yards. Derrick Henry sets the Titans franchise record for TDs. Yeah, it's the most games in NFL history with 200, 200 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. You know, he's done it six times already. I'm talking about Henry. Four of those times, you know, now four of those times have been against the Texans. So, you know, Malik, yeah. look, I mean, Malik Willis didn't really have to do too much. He only passed, he only threw the ball like 10 times. And, you know, he had an interception early on. I think Vrabel told him, no, look, we got Derrick Henry. Just let him do it. You know, 219 yards for him and, and such. You know, really didn't have to do too much. I mean, the defense just had to make sure that the Texans couldn't really, you know, get anything going. Now they got – now they tried to make it interesting late, you know, with that late touchdown, but it turned out to be mm-hmm. really, like, all for naught. Yeah, so the Houston Texans are now 1-5-1 and one on the year. Year while Tennessee improves their record to five and two. They're, they'll visit the Kansas City Chiefs next Sunday night for Sunday night football. To Lucas Oil Stadium, we'll, we'll stop at next, where the Washington Commanders hold on to a 17 to 16 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. I did watch some of this game via this computer screen. I did take a big old nap in the first half, <laughs> but <laughs> Taylor Heineke. The starting quarterback for the Commanders, 23 of 31, 279 yards and a touchdown. John Taylor ran the ball hard for the Colts, 16 times for 76 yards. Terry McLaurin, six catches for 113 yards and a big catch to set up the game-winning score. Yeah, that was a huge catch. I'm sure uh, 
if you're the defense for the Colts, you're you know kicking yourself because he had a shot to mm-hmm. try to slow him down. But McLaren just told you why he got that big money as one of the best wide receivers in the league, and kind of he was able to uh, sneaking in for uh, the T, the go ahead TD for them. And it's sort of one of those things where there's another one of those games where if you're the you're the Colts, there's another one of those games where they come back could come back to back to you, bite you and the bite you in the butt, I should say. As far as the commanders, you know, they really didn't have to do too much after that just to slow down uh, Sam Ellinger, who had a good showing for his first career game, but, mm-hmm. you know, had a couple of fumbles and such. Yeah, I think that was a lost a fumble, unfortunately, um, early on. But, you know, settled down, didn't really make too many big mistakes after that, just couldn't make the big plays, and it just couldn't come – the defense couldn't go through for him either. So now if you're – look, now you're, your commanders, you're at 4-4, four and four, you're kind of mm-hmm. right there in the thick of it. Yeah, you're in last place at the NFC East, but you're at 500. And as we said on Friday, Lakina Taylor Heineke may be the best thing that's ever happened to the Washington Commanders and head coach Ron Rivera. Of course, the Colts are now dropped their records at 3-4-1 on the season. To America's Game of the Week from Los Angeles, California. The San Francisco 49ers dominated the Los Angeles Rams, scoring 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, 21-0 points overall in the second half. As the 49ers routed the Rams 31-14. Jimmy Garoppolo 21-25, 235 yards and two touchdown passes. Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers. Randall ball hard 18 times, 94 yards in the score. Brandon Ayuk had six catches, 81 yards in the touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown in the win. First player to do that since uh, Ladinian Thompson back in 05. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, you know, they opened up the play, but especially once they were, you know, you know got controlled by the second half. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, two touchdowns, you know, passes. You know, and remember, they didn't have Debo Samuel either. You know, they, they had a mm-hmm. they got a bye week coming up. You know, they got bigger fish to fry. So I don't blame, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan for sitting uh, Debo out, even though, but look, they, they look, this is an eight straight uh, win against the Rams. Well, regular season, when I should say, against the Rams. So, yeah. you know, they, they've had their number in the regular season the last, you know, couple of years. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, if he stays healthy, and I think that's, that's the key, if he stays healthy, you know, not gonna say the the four nine is gonna be the team to beat, but you know, look, our girl Christine, she was the only one of one of us who picked the 49ers, so it looks like yeah. her her theory was right. Yeah, and also too with the Rams, we talked about it a little bit, Lakina, before we uh, came on air. Uh, there's a whole lot of problems with that that Rams offensive line. Uh, Sean McVay refuses to run the ball. They're trying to trade mm-hmm. Cam Akers, uh, and Matthew Stafford can't get out his own way. I think that elbow surgery in the offseason is bigger than what people are making it out to be, and he's just not playing what the 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 way he was playing last year when the Rams were going for for that championship. So the Rams dropped to three and four. As you mentioned, the Lions going to the bye week at four and four. To Seattle, Washington, we go next. We're at the Seahawks to get a 27-13 win over the New York football Giants. Geno Smith continues to write, write the haters back with his performances on the field. 23-34 for 212 yards and two touchdown passes. Saquon Barkley scored once for the New York football Giants off of 20 carries and 53 yards. Darius Slayton had five catches for 66 yards. And DK Metcalf when we thought that he wasn't going to play, he made a big impact yesterday for the Seattle Seahawks. So you did a surprise. You know, the Seahawks are definitely one of the surprising teams. They're definitely up there as one of the surprising teams mm-hmm. in the NFL. They're 3-1 and one at home now, 5-3 and three overall. They're now in first place in the NFC West. Uh, Geno still didn't do make any mistakes. Two uh, touchdown passes. Kenneth Walker, you know, the third, had 51 rushing yards. 
Ted Lockett and DK Metcalf. I know that uh, Lockett had a drop that you know he was really yeah. upset about it, and you know just you know Geno Smith you know came in to you know, kind of calm them down, and you know they actually you know catching the next touchdown catch to kind of put that mm-hmm. game away. So you know the Giants, I think they've been falling back to earth a little bit. I think they're six and two now, but you got to think a lot of it's been by luck. You know, yes. I think their luck kind of ran out in Seattle, so we'll see if you know this sort of like starts kind of like a downward spiral for the Giants. I think. This is when kind of like talent sort of kind of like – and also do like the crowd. I think since really had a lot to do with that too. But mm-hmm. I think the Giants are starting to kind of fall back to earth a little bit. Yeah, did you see – I was watching this live. Did you see that field goal? I forgot the kicker's name for Seattle. That He made the field goal and Lawrence uh, from the Giants tipped it, but the, the ball went over the crossbar and bounced off the back of the crossbar and then went through. Did you check that out? Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw the highlights of it. That was a little yeah. bit nutty there that they were able to – Yeah. Was able to, uh, make that kick but uh yeah it was like i said it was sort of you know one of those things that kind of like helped you know sort of like turn the corner for the uh the seahawks so you know it was you look like weird things happen in those games you know jason myers um yeah, jason myers, that, that yes. was, yeah that was sort of like oh you know <laughs> that was a little, a little nutty but look you, you'll, you'll take it though if you're him <laughs> Yeah. So as you mentioned, Seattle is five and three overall, three and one at home. The Giants are six and two, three and one away from from MetLife Stadium. As we talked about the last couple of weeks, Lakina, they still had to go down to Dallas one more time. They had to play the Washington Commanders twice, and the Washington is now back, so you cannot uh, uh, dismiss them. And you still got to play Philadelphia twice. So we're gonna find out what this Giants team is made of over the next several weeks. And finally, to Sunday Night Football, to Western New York we go, where the Buffalo Bills dominated the Green Bay Packers 27-17. to Josh Allen for the Bills, 13-25, 218 yards and two touchdown passes. Mr. Aaron Jones for Green Bay, 20 carries for 143 yards. Stephon Diggs, who started some mess with some Green Bay defensive backs before the game coming out of the tunnel. He had six catches, 108 yards, and a, and a touchdown catch. Yeah, apparently, I guess, according to some of the people that were there, I guess, Jair Alexander, who was a cornerback for Green Bay, he started it with him, and I guess, you know, he kind of, you know, clapped back and such, and I guess he got, you know, that touchdown was he, you know, outrun mm-hmm. uh, Alexander and a couple other defenders, so, you know, I guess, you know, Dave's got the last lap, there. He, you know, you know that, that, that pass in the that TD that he caught in the second quarter, he's, you know, he gave him a score each of his last Eight games against Green Bay. That's the longest uh, streak against the Packers in mm-hmm. NFL history. That's two behind the two guys behind them, Randy Moss, who did it for seven straight uh, games, and also to uh, Jerry Rice, who did it for six straight games against Green Bay. So it, it you know it's sort of one of those things where you wonder what's going on with uh with them. You know they they pressured Allen a lot, but it wasn't mm-hmm. it didn't really help. So you know look, we know how big he is you know how you know and powerful that you know Allen is now he did throw a couple of interceptions but they really didn't do too much with them talking about the packers once they mm-hmm. did kind of like get these going it was way too late i know aaron Rodgers doesn't trust his receivers on he thought that it would be further along than where they are right now but it's just something bigger than that that is but it's not clicking with green bay i know they tried to run the ball as i mentioned with aaron jones he had 66 yards but just something's not right with green green bay and I know they play Detroit in Detroit next week, so they may bounce back. But after that, I'm not sure. So uh, Green Bay is kind of on life support right now in terms of making the playoffs. But before we get to our uh, Monday night preview for tonight's Cincinnati and Cleveland game, I want to get uh, your three studs in three duds. Looking. We'll start off with the studs first. Okay, A.J. Brown, uh, my stud, three first-half touchdowns. Um, you know, I talked about earlier the old decision made that he made there. 
Uh, San Francisco, that's my uh, second stud. And well, well, in particular, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, uh, threw a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and caught a touchdown. So once he and you know Debo, once he gets back after their bye, you got to think that they're going to be one of the teams that beat in the NFC. I feel like they just got to get the the defense. They got to get them healthy too. That's been their issue yes. there. And uh, let's see, who's my? I guess I'll say Denver, mainly because they needed that win. You know, and also too, as uh, Russell Wilson said in the post game. Let's ride, I guess. So I guess we're riding with uh, the Broncos <laughs> again. So those are my three studs. My three studs, number one, Tony Pollard, the running back from the Cowboys, 14 carries, 131 yards, and three touchdowns with the Dallas victory over Chicago. My second stud is Tyreek Hill, 12 catches, 188 yards as Miami comes from behind to beat the Lions on the road. And my third stud will be Washington's quarterback, Taylor Heineke, 23 of 31, 279 yards and a touchdown pass and he did well on the last drive scoring the game winning touchdown sneaking yeah, it in there was a no doubter so taylor honigan would be my third stud all right and uh i'll say my uh duds here uh i'll say uh, jacksonville i think you know as a whole a lot of people thought that maybe jacksonville could probably perhaps maybe make a go at an afc south so far they haven't done that I, I honestly don't know. I mean, maybe it's you. You know, they traded James Robinson, one of the you know their stud guys that they did have. So I don't mm-hmm. know what happened there. I uh, lost. You know, I'll say the Rams. You know, as my dud. I mean, I don't know what's that going on. That was one on. of them for me. Yeah, Cam Akers. I guess they're trying to trade him before the deadline is over. With you know their their defense. You, know, you can't think that Super Bowl hangover. I guess it's real. So you know they're one of my uh, duds. I'll say uh, Vegas. I, I said it earlier. Like you, you came off a bye. <laughs> What, what, what the hell happened? Really? What happened there? I don't know. <laughs> All right. My three duds. DJ Moore of Carolina, leave your helmet on. And then when you get to the sidelines, then rip it off. But don't do it before then. Good grief. So DJ Moore is my first dud. My second dud will be the Los Angeles Rams, Lakina. I uh, thought they were uh, performing better. They did to start the game, scoring 14 First half points, but they, they get shut out in the second half, and so that's that that wasn't good for the Rams. They got uh, bigger problems than people want to admit. And then my third dud, it will be uh, just just because, and we're not going to discuss any further. The Chicago Bears uh, defense overall. Well, I'll say my bonus that I'll say even a bigger uh, dud than what DJ Moore did. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro, you got to make the kicks, dude. You got to yeah. do it. You yeah. had a chip shot. Look, your forty-eight yard, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give you two on that for uh, more. You'll be smart about it. But you had not one, but two <laughs> chances. You had, you had another chance to kind of redeem yourself, and you didn't do it. You know, thirty, you know, thirty yard or chip shot that would have won it. You would be in first place right now, the Panthers. Yeah. So those are studs and does from week eight. Now, before we close up shop for hour number one, we'll give you our quick preview of tonight's Monday Night Football contest. Coming to you from First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio, it'll be the 2-5 and five Cleveland Browns hosting the 4-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals, your defending AFC champs. Lakina, what are you looking forward to in this matchup tonight? Remember, no Jamar Chase for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're stud, second-year wide receiver out of LSU. Yeah, I think Joe Mixon, you might be seeing a lot of him, and you know, especially with the Browns defense. I know they've had their various issues and such, so I'm – 
you know, this is going to really be the thing. And this could be one of those ugly games. Well, it usually is between these two teams anyway, but you yeah. may get one of those 9-6-6-3 type of defensive struggles. That's not because... good, Lakina. I got Joe Burrow starting tonight for my fantasy team. Shh. Well, look, Don't let them get out. <laughs> yeah, well, that O-line still ha- is still having issues for the Bengals. The Browns might take I know. I know, look, I know they've had, like, various you know, injuries. I know uh, Clowney is out. I know Jared's been struggling since uh, uh, that car accident. I, I, I just don't, you know, trust them. But, uh, yeah, it's just, like, I don't know. But, yeah, I think the key for me, I think it's going to be the defenses. You know, Kansas City defense slow down Cleveland. Can they make, you know, uh, Jacoby Brissett make mistakes? Can, you know, the defense get to Joe Burrow? I'm talking about the Browns defense. So, yeah, it's like, like I said, it could be an ugly one tonight, and not in a good way. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, Joe and Troy. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to our good buddy Lamont Scott. He said, "Yeah, DJ was a, a giddy stud." Shout out to Lamont there on our comments uh, via the Facebook page. Um, for as far as tonight is concerned, for, if, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you run the ball hard with uh, Nick Chubb. I know Kareem Hunt is kind of in a doghouse. He may be traded tomorrow as the trade deadline approaches. We'll see about mm-hmm. that. Like I said, Joe. Jacoby Brissett, uh, uh, one of the reasons why Cleveland has been losing these last few weeks, he's made those critical mistakes at critical times. And uh, he wasn't known for that uh, uh, going into this year, but somehow, some way, every time he has a couple of great plays, he screws it up with a bad one. Is it all on him that the Browns are 2-5? and five? Of course not. But uh, that's part of it. The other part of it, like you say, Lakina has been their defense has been inconsistent all year. We'll see if they can take advantage of it tonight, as I mentioned. Joe Burrow will be missing Jamar Chase, uh, the star wide right receiver for the Bengals. So we'll see what happens. But can could J- Jacoby present protect the football? And for Cincinnati, can you uh, be more aggressive with uh, uh, with scoring points? Joe Mixon, I think, will be a big key tonight, and also to look for Tyler Boyd and T Higgins to step up. Those two need to have a, a outstanding perform uh, big games for both of them tonight. Yeah, I guess, like, I mean, you know, yeah, look, I think it's going to be really going to be, like I said, the defense is going to be the keys for me. And, you know, look, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, like, this could be an ugly one tonight. So, uh, <laughs> um, you can check out that uh, game on a, on ESPN. I don't think there's a Manning cast. I don't think there is. Let me check well. real quick as I go yeah. through my TV guy live in 11 color right, right. here on Sports Chicago. <laughs> uh, the, the Manning cast, as we talked about on Friday with our girl, Christine, it was very good. Mm-hmm. With, uh, uh, with the uh, President Obama and Vince Vaughn, it was a Chicago connection with the Bears and Patriots, yep. and rightfully so. Uh, yes, there will be a Manning cast tonight, so you can okay. check it out at seven o'clock Chicago time on ESPN two. Well, yeah, I said maybe they'll be making it a little bit more interesting, though. No doubt yeah. about it. Now, our our number one in the books, our number two is straight ahead. We're gonna talk some NBA. The Bulls is a couple of tough ones this week. <clears throat> Yeah, and then they look like got finally get the first win of the season. Yay! And they get free people get free tacos. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> world the World Series as it you know goes to the city of brotherly love in, in Philadelphia. Also, to some interesting uh, happenings over there in college football week nine and an old school TV Monday. So a lot to do still coming up next. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago. We'll have. A lot more coming up, hour two, right after this. Do you know that you're in my lane? 
No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We are live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. We have less than um, less than... 60 minutes left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Let's kick off our number two. Lakina, by discussing the Bulls in the NBA at large, we'll start off with our hometown team first. The Bulls went 0 2 for the weekend. They lose at San Antonio uh, last Friday. DeMar DeRosa recorded his 20,000th 20, career point. As they lose a close one to the San Antonio Spurs on the road. Then they returned home last Saturday night, dropping one to the Philadelphia 76ers, 114-109. to Lakina, <clears throat> excuse me, and this is not going to be, uh, I feel sorry for the Bulls 
conversation because we all uh, know uh, knew what the situation was going into the season, uh, starting off without Alonzo Ball, Patrick Williams uh, being inserted to the starting lineup instead of Javante Green. Lakina, I don't want to jump off the bridge or or ring the uh, I, I will ring the alarm. Remember last year we talked about the Bulls, especially after the All Star break, they couldn't beat these. Uh, so-called top contending teams. It looks like it's uh, that train is starting to happen again. I know the Bulls did fight hard, uh, fought back uh, in the game against Philadelphia on Saturday, but uh, this is not a young team anymore. They got to learn how to close out games and, and stop. And before then, they got to stop getting off to these bad starts. We talked about this on Friday. I like the way they played against Indiana. They took control from the start, from the first quarter to the last, uh, the last buzzer. Okay. And, and that's the way you're supposed to play every game. Now, the other couple of victories they had uh, uh, so far in the first week plus of the season, they've been for the other teams making mistakes or having bad shooting nights. But Saturday, uh, you just couldn't quite finish finish it off against Philadelphia. Uh, you had a bad start to the game. They did come back from that. Yes, DeMar DeRosa did get fouled on, on that last uh, possess offensive possession for the Chicago Bulls before Caruso got the offensive rebound and missed that wide-open three-point shot. But with those, with that being said, the Bulls got to come off with a better start, and and that's what cost them the game on Saturday. Well, here's the thing: all that could be true, <laughs> and I think that's sort of like the you know, the little main thing here is that all, all that you said could be true. Um, you know, the the bad starts, you know, you're, you're not being up 15 is not ideal early on in the game. We don't want to have that happen, and also too, like you know, some of the other things. There were a couple of questionable calls that happened during that uh, Spurs game. I mean, I think you know Johnson. I, you know, I think like foul Demar, and then that whole. Oh, I think it was Vuja he fouled, and that that foul wasn't called. Mm -hmm. So you know, it is what it is with that. Now, look, these are sort of like the kind of games where it can come back to bite you in the butt. Joel Embiid, you know, he's like like now what, like twelve and zero against the Bulls. <laughs> uh, it is career so far, which is a little absurd, but that's a whole different, <laughs> whole different avenue there. But uh, I mean, it's only the consistency of everything, and. You know, Zach didn't play on Friday, and then you know they came mm -hmm. back on Saturday, had a chance to win. You know that that look. Let's let's be honest. If that had been in, if, if Demar, if there was a reverse and Demar had fouled and beat you, you I believe Demar would have got he would have gotten called for that. But let, let's just be be real yeah. here. And and look, I, I think you know I'm not gonna I don't want to put it all on the reps, but mm -hmm. you know it's sort of one of those things you're you're like and look and look. Thank you, uh, Lamont, for saying this. I mean, don't jump yet. Did. You know, seeing kind of, have been okay. They've been okay this year, uh, the Spurs and such. Yo, what's up, Brandon? Happy Halloween to you too. But uh, you know, they, they've been pretty good so far. I'm talking about the Spurs, but at the same time, though, I think the Bulls, if they have a couple of days days off, they play again tomorrow. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they they'll to rest up and kind of like figure things out. I'm not going at the. Uh, I'm not you know giving up on them just yet. It, it's just one of those things where you just kind of like. Look, it's a long season and everything else is just like you see. I see certain people. Yes, Vooch didn't have his best game on Friday. Everybody wants to jump off Vooch. Vooch actually had a pretty decent game on Saturday night, but yet nope. Yeah, 23 points, 19 rebounds. Thank yeah, you very much. And nobody, yeah, nobody, nobody has a peep. Really? Like, yeah, you guys are definitely <laughs> haters. I'm talking to you, a certain uh, person on one of the sports, uh, child sports stations. I won't say his name, but you guys might know who I'm talking about. But I'm like, come on, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, the second you needs to be a little bit better. Uh, Derek Jones, you need to be need to be better. Excuse me. Uh, you know, Kobe White needs to be more consistent. I'm not saying that the Bulls don't have their flaws, but so so is everybody else in the East. Maybe with the exception of Boston, you know, that's about it. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, okay, folks, well, let, let, let's slow down here on like, oh my God, Bull, you know, Bulls Twitter is such a nightmare, but. Yeah, here's a one, here's a player that Bulls, uh, many Bulls fans are complaining about, and that's Patrick Williams. Uh, so far, he, his minutes have been cut in half as he's been starting at the power forward position. He had nine points, three rebounds, and 30 two minutes of action on Saturday. I want to ask Bulls fans, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on Twitter. How much time will you allow Patrick Williams to get himself together before you want to kick him out of the starting lineup? Do you kick him out of the starting lineup now and put in Javon Tengri? Or do you give him a little bit more time? We want to see your answers in the comment section. Once again, go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Would you pick? Would you kick out Patrick Williams out of the starting lineup now and insert Javante Green? And that's the question for Bulls fans as we're asking you right here on Second City Sports right now. Uh, Javante Green, in 19 minutes of action on Saturday, he had nine points and six rebounds, but he had three fouls. Uh, uh, Stacey Key, I thought, uh, pointed out greatly on the on the broadcast on Saturday. You love his energy and you love his aggressiveness, but he's got to be smart at times. And, and shout out to a friend of the show, Mr. Marshanowski, who filled in for Adam uh, Amin on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He does win the City Bulls um, games as well. He, he did a great job filling in on Saturday on NBC Sports Chicago. But you like Javante Green. You know I, I've been on his bandwagon since last year. I know he, uh, he worked out uh, all, all, all season to improve his jump shot, to improve his offensive game. I like Javante Green. I think Billy Donovan is going to give Patrick Williams a few more games, but if, he, if Williams doesn't show any improvement, out you go, my friend. As far as the starting lineup, Javante Green will be inserted in. As I got Lamont Scott comments on the face our Facebook page, Patrick Williams is what he's always been a better sixth or seventh man. That may be the case when it's all said and done, Lamont. I know that this uh, Bulls management team of AK and Mark Eversley, uh, this was their first draft pick, so they wanted to see what they can get out of him. But right now, if they thought he was going to be a dis- difference maker, uh, they should be disappointed right now. But like like you said, Lakin, we have a long way to go. I think Patrick Williams will get a few more games to see if he can stay in the starting lineup. But if we sit back here uh, by the time in a week or two and he hasn't improved, he should be out of the starting lineup. Javante Green should be in. Redress to see what happens there. Now, let's talk about the rest of the NBA, uh, Sid, because there are some interesting things that happened over the weekend. Yes, the Los Angeles Lakers finally get their first win of the year. Yay! Yay! <laughs> tacos for all their fans. Woo! I, I saw a I made a comment. We're going to see if we can find if you can find it, Lakina. You go, you can post it up. But uh, the, the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Denver Nuggets 121 to 110. Avenged their loss. <coughs> Excuse me. Tacos. <laughs> from their wind uh, on Friday. And there's there's the comment. I don't like jack-in-the-box tacos, but I'm happy for the Lakers. That's comes to our buddy Lamont Scott. Uh, thanks for that comment, Lamont. Uh, yeah, so uh, I did watch some of this game between that and Sunday Night Football last night. Um, LeBron James uh, did his thing at 35 minutes of action, 26 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. Russell Westbrook, it looks like he has to finally has a jump shot, at least for one game. Coming off the bench, 32 minutes, 18 points off of 6 or 12, shooting 2 or 4 for 3-point range. Yay! Yeah, yeah, that might actually help him a little bit. They're 1-5 right now. The Lakers and the Nuggets, you know, just could really – once they jump into that lead, I'm talking about the, the Lakers, they were kind of like right there. And, you know, it was the third quarter – of the second quarter, I should say, for the Nuggets that kind of like, you know, that sort of did them in. Um, I know Aaron mm-hmm. Gordon had 18 points. You know, Nikola Jokic had a double-double as usual, 23 and 14. But, it, you know – you know, Jamal Murray led the way with 23, but they just couldn't get it going in. Lakers were actually hitting their shots, so uh, we'll see if they can keep it up. You know, it's going to be hard. They're one in five, but 
you know, we'll see if they found their niche, you know, with uh, Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. Yeah, and also to Anthony Davis chipped in with 23 points and 15 rebounds in 37 minutes of action. On the flip side for Denver, Jamal Murray, my guy, 21 points off 9 and 21 shooting. Uh, Joe Gitch, uh, he didn't have that great of a game, but he chipped in with 23 points and grabbed 14 rebounds. Denver, you shouldn't be too worried about, about this game last night. You beat the Lakers on uh, last Wednesday in front of a national audience. So I think Denver will be fine. Uh, I got that vibe through midway through the third quarter on that the Lakers were going to win that game, and that's exactly what they did. So the Lakers need this game more than Denver did. Yeah, they had to bounce back from the loss to Minnesota on Friday. Now, you know, those Friday games, you know, Philadelphia uh, just uh, hammered uh, Toronto 112-90. to Tyrese Maxey had a, that's a career high for him, 44 um, you know, sort of one of those games where you kind of like Toronto could be right there, like they're right near the Bulls for that uh play in, I guess. And you know, we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. Uh, there, Cleveland got the best of Boston 132 123. Karis Levert had 41. Um, you know, he kind of took over in overtime for <clears throat> for the Cavs, um, upsetting Boston in Boston. That's, that's not an easy thing to do over at TD Garden, so pretty uh good showing there by the Cavs in Portland. Um, you got the best of Houston, 125-111. And the uh, Suns uh, got the best of the Pelicans. Now, granted, uh, Zion, I think, was still still didn't play uh, in that game on Friday. We'll get to that to us. yesterday's game. I know they had a, he played, and they, they had a much better uh, go at it. Um, the Suns, for, for them, it, it was um, – it was a Mikhail Bridges had 27 points leading the way for them. Uh, CP3 didn't have his best showing, only seven points. Uh, but it was really the bench that kind of, uh, you know, got back to it. You know, Bismarck Biambo had 10, 11, I should say, campaign had 12 off the bench. Also, to uh, Tory Craig had 13 points. So it was really uh, those, it was really their bench guys that kind of, you know, picked up the slack for, uh, for the Suns. Yeah, going back to Cleveland, I know many people, including some local uh, media, uh, Members said that the Cleveland were better. They were had a better roster than the Chicago Bulls. Had they traded for Donovan Mitchell? I disagree with that. But fast forward to right now, are the Cleveland Cavaliers playing better than the Chicago Bulls? Yes, I still don't believe they have a better team than Chicago. I I, I truly don't. But I do believe that they will make the playoffs if they stay healthy this year. Donovan Mitchell has been a, a world a difference maker for that Cleveland Cavaliers here Cavaliers team. And Darius Garland, I believe, is still out. With, with an injury, we saw what they did to the Bulls last Saturday in their home opener. So Cleveland's off to a hot start. You mentioned New Orleans. I did check out some some of that action yesterday against the Clippers. The Clippers, uh, you may be in trouble a little bit, but I think the way they managed to Kawhi is fine. But New Orleans, as we said to Lakina before the season started, if Zion Williamson, who did make his return yesterday, uh, if he can stay healthy and when they get Brandon Ingram back, uh, they, they could cause some problems. So uh, don't sleep, sleep on New Orleans either. Yes, they made the playoffs a lot last year with 36 wins without Zion, and they gave, gave Phoenix all that they can handle. But uh, don't sleep on this Pelicans team just yet. Just don't. Don't do it. No, 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 no. No, we're not doing that. So, uh, you know, Pelicans, you know, we'll see if they can build off that um, last year's uh, playoff run when they got to near the uh, Western Conference semis. Now, uh, you know, on to sun to yesterday. Well, actually, to Saturday's game first. You got uh, Sacramento upsetting uh, Miami, one nineteen, one thirteen. Cameron Herter had twenty seven for the Kings. Yeah, Tyler Hero had thirty four. His season high for him so far for the Heat. And look, it's sort of one of those things where you know things happen. I know, I know our girl Alana. We get a lot of tech guy who we gotta get her back on the show, so because I know she. Mm-hmm. 
Miami's kind of struggling a little bit right now, but I think they'll figure it out. You know, this this it was a tough loss against Sacramento on uh, Saturday. Yeah, who's who's the go-to guy on offense? Is it Bam Adebayo? Is it Tyler Hero? Is it Kyle Lowry? Who's who's supposed to be the man for the Miami Heat? That's the question I have. They're still very good defensively, so you cannot knock that. But offensively, who's supposed to be the guy? Right now, call me crazy. I'm confused. I think so. Are, so far, at least so are they. So we'll see. If they can get they can get together. Uh, uh, the Hornets got the best of Golden State, uh, one twenty one thirteen in mm-hmm. overtime. PJ Washington had thirty one points. Yeah, if you're if you're a Golden State uh, a fan, yes, this was a bad loss, but you're 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 not tripping over this right now because uh, as we talked about with our girl Kylie Mills on Friday, uh, they they're going through their rotation to see who's going to mop up minutes, who's who's going to uh, get more playing time to relieve the starters of minutes, who's going to be those difference makers at uh, off the bench as they lost uh, Gary Payne the second last year and they lost Toscano Anderson to the Lakers, who also via free agency last year, so. Uh, the Warriors, I know they lost the game yesterday at Detroit, but uh, it doesn't look good on paper. No, but this will benefit them in the in the long run. And also to James Wiseman, if he stays healthy, he's looked good in spots so far in this early part of the season. But uh, if he can stay healthy and continue to grow while some of the other guys continue to develop, the Warriors will benefit from this uh, toward the end of the season, especially uh, after the All-Star break. Yeah, I wouldn't forget if you're a Warriors fan right now. Yeah, you lost to a Charlotte team. That's, you know, they're – I don't think they're going to be up there. They might be, you know, near the bottom. You know, probably, perhaps, maybe fighting for a play-in spot. But again, I, I, yeah, <laughs> again. But yeah, I mean, just, they're just not there yet. Uh, OKC, uh, you know, beat Dallas, one seventeen, one eleven. They've already beaten the, the Clippers already. So sure, why Twice, not? I think. <laughs> yeah. So sure, why not have? You know, they're three and three. Well, as of this moment, they're three and three. But uh, you know they've got some pretty young talent there now. Look, they're not ready to compete. They're not even ready to be you know right there in the play-in. Mm-hmm. But well, look, I, I I I like what they're doing down there. I like Shai Gilgis Alexander. Uh, mm-hmm. you remember remember uh you know Aaron Wiggins. You know not Andrew, but Aaron Wiggins. You know he's over there now too. But uh, Gilgis uh, Alexander ha- led the way with a career high thirty-eight points. And also, too, don't forget about second-year guard Josh Giddy, who had some mm-hmm. minor considerations for rookie of the year last year. He came on uh, late last year, especially at the All-Star break. So uh, they got some nice young players. GM Sam Presley has some toys to play with. I know Chad Holmgren, their number one pick this year, he's mm-hmm. out uh, uh, for the season uh, due to injury. But uh, they, it's some nice young core. I'm not saying all of them going to stay together, but Sam Presley no, knows what he's doing. So it's going to be a couple more years before they really start making some noise. Yeah, and, and Utah, uh, they're five and two right now. They beat Memphis on Saturday. Aaron Murray marketing. What is going on with him? <laughs> I, I, look, I, like I said, I don't know. Look, I don't know if Utah is going to be there. I mean, this is supposed to be a rebuilding year for Utah. Yeah, we'll see if some of those guys will be. You know, some of the guys might be gone by the time you know we come back in February hmm. by the trade deadline. So I, you know, I know Utah fans are kind of like confused. They get so are we, but. You know, going into uh, yesterday's game, of course, you know, we mentioned that the Pelicans beat the Clippers again, uh, 112-91. Uh, Boston rebounded, you know, got, you know, the Wizards beat the Wizards. Uh, Cavs, 121-108. Uh, Golden State, you know, lose again to Detroit, 128-114. This might be some people probably freaking out. Uh, San Antonio uh, beat Minnesota. Uh, Dallas beat Orlando, 114-105. Phoenix and Phoenix uh, beat Houston 124-109, you know, to wrap up Sunday's games. 
Yeah. I want to go back to uh, one of the Saturday games. It was between Milwaukee and Atlanta. I was flipping back and forth between that game and the Bulls game. I like the way Atlanta fought on the second of the back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Of course, they beat Detroit in Detroit the night before uh, last Friday. But that Milwaukee team, I know Chris Milton is still out, uh, and they're they're mm-hmm. uh, doing some low management on him. He should be back uh, in no time. But that Milwaukee team, don't sleep on them either. I know uh, they uh, after that injury to Chris Milton last year during the playoffs in that Bulls series. Uh, they ran out of gas against Boston, which uh, uh, went to the NBA Finals and lost. But that Milwaukee team is still going to be dangerous. Giannis, with that length and size, no one can stop him. Uh, uh, people just, just leave that man alone. But Grayson Allen, I know he's an irritant. I know Bulls fans hate him, but obviously reasons are rightfully so. But he's playing well right now. And also, too, Drew Holiday is still one of the best underrated point guards in the game. He doesn't get nearly the credit that he deserves uh, after a couple years there, but uh, he's been doing this his whole career. So Drew Holiday is very good. So and George Hill is backing him up uh, with that veteran press. So I still like this Milwaukee team. Atlanta fall hard. They had a chance to uh, grab the lead a couple of times on Saturday on the road, but Giannis was the man he took over. So Milwaukee, uh, they still going to be hurt from, I believe, before this season's done. Yeah, and I think they might be saving themselves, I guess. Yeah. Giannis, Giannis isn't, you know that Giannis isn't exerting too much energy. So I'm wondering, like, are they just, are they just kind of waiting to see, like, make sure they win enough games to get to the playoffs. Either they are, like, a four or five seed and just kind of, mm-hmm. like, get that going there. And you go with Militant. Should be back by February. That's the rumor. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, I yeah, I mean, look, I'm not worried about Milwaukee either. I mean, they'll they'll, they'll get their wins, you know, and such. But, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be right there. Just Giannis, like last year. Giannis will be honest and all that. Like I said, I think they're just he's just saving energy for uh potential playoff run. He listens, I can see sports on Sports of Chicago, Lakina McGee, City Brown, and this Halloween edition of Second City Sports on Woo! Sports of Chicago. <laughs> uh going into uh these games for this week. Some uh, uh, good before ones. before you go into the schedule for this week, Lakina. The Brooklyn Nets they dropped uh, Brooklyn, one at yes. home. They dropped one at home last Saturday to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, do you consider firing Steve Nash, or do you give him another couple of weeks? I mean, I think I guess you could give him a couple more weeks, but you know it is a long season. But they need to figure things out because you know Kyrie, okay. you know, got into it. You know, they're, they're, he made some comments, and we look, we won't get into that. But mm-hmm. you know, they got bigger issues than you know they're they're not winning right now so it's just like true <laughs> they, they got their own uh issues now now we can get into uh this week's mm-hmm. games you know tonight ooh, on halloween sacramento and charlotte that's at six o'clock philadelphia and the wizards that should be a fun one on nba tv uh brooklyn will try to redeem themselves against indiana losing against uh, i know i know you're wondering like wait a minute didn't they play each other on saturday well they're still doing like some of the uh, you know with the things with covid and stuff so i guess they're trying to live the travel so that's why you're seeing Indiana Brooklyn play again. You can watch that game on NBA TV, Atlanta and Toronto. That's at 6 30 the same time. Detroit and Milwaukee. That should be a fun one there at seven o'clock. And Memphis and Utah. They play each other again. You know, they, I know again they play on Saturday, but they're playing each other again. It's not a typo, <laughs> folks. Uh, I'm not repeating, we're not repeating ourselves. And uh Houston and LA will Clippers will try to get back on track. You are the, the uh, comment on the last two games. Uh, the, the Grizzlies and the Jazz was they were it was very entertaining on Saturday. Hopefully you you can get that repeat performance again. Uh, the Jazz, as we uh, as we talked about, they're one of the surprise teams in the NBA so far in this early season. They're five and two. Memphis is four and two. Hopefully we get another entertaining game tonight. And the Clippers, even though they're two and four, they should rebound tonight against the Rockets. 
they should. They should, I think. You know, hopefully they can kind of bounce back. I know Clippers fans are starting to freak out right now. Uh, the <laughs> Bulls will play Brooklyn. You know, Brooklyn will be ready for them. They've had three days off. They actually swept Brooklyn last year. The Bulls did so. And Go figure. Yeah, and the, and look, they'll have a lot of energy. You're getting them you know, off a of back-to-back. So I don't think there's any reason why you know the Bulls shouldn't beat Brooklyn. I'm putting it out there right now. That's the uh, first game that TNT doubleheader at 6.30 tomorrow night. Yeah, and finishing out the Tuesday schedule, we have Golden State uh, continuing their East Coast swing. They'll visit South Beach, Florida to take on the Miami Heat. Uh, and this will be the final matchup between these two teams uh, for, uh, for the regular season. Strange that they both these two teams are two twice less in a week. Yeah, and it's, it's, also, and it's also weird that they're not, they're not in that. That's not, this is the TNT game. You think this would be the TNT game and not the Bulls and Nets, but I guess I, you I, would I think. digress. Good I point. Digress. Yeah, ahead, you so, would sorry. think. Yeah, you would think. At 7 o'clock on Tuesday, Orlando will t- continue their West Coast swing. They'll go to OKC to face the, uh, to face the Thunder. And the second half of that Tuesday night TNT doubleheader, we'll have Minnesota at Phoenix. That should be fun. The Twin Towers of Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns versus Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden. Also, to Anthony Edwards, he's having a nice start for Yes. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. So uh, look out uh, for that matchup on Tuesday. We'll be watching that game at 9 o'clock on TNT. Mm-hmm. Going into Wednesday, you got Washington and Philadelphia again. I know, look, I'm not repeating myself. This is a home and home. So, you know, they'll be playing to play tonight <laughs> in D.C. Now they're going to be playing on Wednesday in Philly. I know, strange. Uh, Boston, this should be a good one here, said uh, Boston, Cleveland. That's the first game mm-hmm. that ESPN Wednesday night doubleheaded. That should be a fun one. Could be a possible playoff preview. Maybe Sacramento and Miami. Miami will try to get back on track. They're going to be cut off a back-to-back with that win against uh, with that uh, uh, Warriors game. So we'll see how they look. You know, when this game coming up on Wednesday, Atlanta and New York. That should be an interesting one. Uh, Chicago, the Bulls, the Bulls and Charlotte. This is actually supposed to have been the ESPN game, but they pulled it back. So they made the yeah because the both the Ball brothers are hurt. So <laughs> yeah, so I guess they figure they're you know the Ball brothers are hurt. So I guess they figure oh well why bother? But oh okay. But uh, you know they'll, they'll have a travel day. You know, they're coming off a of back to back, so we'll see how the Bulls look after that uh, game against Brooklyn tomorrow. With this game against the Hornets on Wednesday, Clippers and Houston again. It's a home and home. I feel like I'm repeating, we're repeating ourselves on these matchups. We're not. <laughs> we're not, I swear. We're, we're not doing that. But and uh, Detroit and Milwaukee, again, I'm not repeating myself. This is, a, again, <laughs> this is how the, they get this up the schedule early this season you know, for, for travel restrictions. So do you you go ahead and say before I, you know, people go okay. down, I repeat myself. Now, wrapping up the Wednesday <laughs> schedule, we have Toronto at San Antonio at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. At 7.30, Utah at Dallas. Uh, that should be an interesting one. Rematch of last year's first round playoff. Playoffs, playoffs, <laughs> and yes, then the yes. second game of that ESPN doubleheader for Wednesday, we'll have Memphis at Portland, and then wrapping up the Wednesday night schedule at nine thirty Chicago time, New Orleans at the Lakers. Zion Williamson, Williamson versus Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That should be a fun. One. I want to go back to that Memphis Portland game. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. John Morant and uh, Damian Lillard. Portland's been, I think they're like four and like like five and three or something like that. Portland is. Uh, mm-hmm. So this should be a you know this should be a good one. We'll see if, you know, if they can keep it up. Should be could be a playoff preview matchup. So who knows? And, and two games on for yeah, Thursday. Two games for Thursday. Yep. Yeah, we'll have Golden State at Orlando at six o'clock, and then the NBA TV game for Thursday: Denver at OKC as the Nuggets take on the Thunder. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know. We're, I know. Some people are wondering, like, wait a minute, did we just? Did some of these teams just play each other? It's a weird, like, funky scheduling that they're they're doing. So I know people need to kind of. <laughs> we're not, we're not repeating ourselves. These are really our real matchups. So <laughs> a little yep, bit here, so, but yeah. Yeah, so that's your schedule for uh, this week in the NBA and the National Basketball Association. Lakina, we have to break for the bottom of the hour, but when we return, we will definitely finish up strong. We'll have we have some key college uh, football games to review from Week Nine, the final line night. Should they be getting a little bit more respect than they are? Somebody did something stupid uh, uh, to the east of us over the weekend and we had to get into the world series as game three will take place will be taking place in houston ten uh houston philly. tonight no philly, philly tonight philly. It, yeah sorry uh i'm just thinking about the games over the weekend and we have old school tv monday to uh get to as well i'm sid that's lakina you're listening to the monday edition of second city sports we're live in living color right here on sports old chicago this year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We got less than a half hour left for this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us? You can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Let's start off with reviewing some of the key games from Week Nine from the world of college football. Well, you know what? Can we can we go? Saturday. Can we do an audible? Can we do a World Series versus that's tonight? Okay, because because some of these games are like very pivotal, and uh, if you're the if you're Philly, you gotta be feeling pretty good that you actually split that series to split uh, the first two games against Houston. So, and they won Game One with a pretty dominating per, uh, uh, pitching performance. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what sort of like this is interesting. But uh, they tried to make it interesting late, but you know the Astros jumped on uh, Zach Wheeler early, mm-hmm. and they you know, they didn't really look back. Now so Philly did make it interesting. You know they left a, a couple of guys on base, but I, you know. But yeah, I think if you're you get three of them at home if you're Philly, so you get you try to make some. This is actually a time to try to uh, make some dam- do some damage, I should say. Yeah, if you feel Philadelphia, you you definitely have confidence right now because the game one, you uh, you came back from an early five nothing deficit, forced extra innings, and you uh, got the winning run in the tenth, and so that that's going to do a world of confidence. Like you said, they tried to come back late, but they came up short, and so all the pressure was on Houston in game two, and they they what they had had to do holding off Philadelphia for that. Uh, game to win at home tonight. I think it's critical for both teams as Lance McCullers Jr. Remember that name, Sox fans from last year. Mm-hmm. He'll get the start tonight for Houston. As while Norris Syndergaard, the former New York Met, will get the start for Philadelphia. I think it's a a bigger start for Norris Syndergaard because he's going to, have to give Philadelphia at least five innings, maybe six, stretching it out. But he's going to, have to give uh, Philadelphia a quality start. We all know how the bets have been for Philadelphia throughout. Uh, this playoff run, especially through the first two games of this series so far. But North Senator has got to give Philadelphia a quality start tonight at home. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they, if you're the Phillies, you want to try to jump on uh, McCullers Jr. early. And you mm-hmm. know, if you're Schwarber, if you're Bryce Harper, you know, this is going to be kind of, if you want to try to get them right away now, that park where uh, Citizens Bay Park, that's more of a, a you know, Houston, that's a cracker jack box. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So it's going to be interesting to see like which can yield on Alvarez, can Kyle Tucker, who had a leadoff home run and mm-hmm. such that you know second game. So it'll be to kind of like you know let the sort of waiter for the Astros. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the Phillies won Game One about sixty five percent of the time. The you know, the teams that win Game One end up winning the World Series. So we'll see if the Phillies can keep up that tradition. Now, as far as like I said. You know, Citizens Bank is sort of one of those weird parks where it can kind of like, you know, you don't really don't know what to expect. So it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Phillies may have the advantage because they play, of course, that's their home park. So you got to think that they might have a little bit of advantage. But if you want to try to get, you know, Kyle Tucker, Yon Alvarez, among others, you know, Altuve, you know, he's might he might actually be, 
he might be a young son hero. There might be a wild card there too. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see mm -hmm. like who can kind of take advantage and who can jump on who at, at this point. Which means, as we said before the series started, Lakina, that's going to come down to the bullpens. Uh, Houston has the best bullpen left in these playoffs. Obviously, Philadelphia has done enough to get by, and uh, thanks to the support of their offense. But Philadelphia, as you mentioned, offensively, they had to be aggressive tonight against McCullers. And who's going to play the uh, better defense? And so, and so far, it's been all about offense in this series. But I think that I think Philadelphia should win tonight. Uh, it's going to be tough, but I think they'll win tonight. Well, can they win all three games in that ballpark? Sure, but I don't think it's going to happen because Houston is too good for that. So I, I do see, see this series by the end of this week. By the time we get back here on Friday, we'll be previewing the game. Since who's going to be leading that series, I'm not sure, but uh, it, it's going to be a competitive uh, three games in Philadelphia. Will Philadelphia win all three? No, but I don't think they'll lose all three either. Yes, someone's going to win two out of three. We just don't know who it's going to be. Mm -hmm. will, it, will it be... Will will it be the Phillies? Is this their park? You know, but it will be the Astros. Is the experience? So it, it, mm -hmm. this is gonna be interesting. These three games are Philly. You know, they, they could go either way. So it, it's really gonna be the the breaks and stuff. You know, like you know, someone's got to give. I mean, the Phillies are undefeated at home in these playoffs, but the Astros are undefeated on the road. So someone's got to give. Something's got to give. Yeah. Tonight, so it'll it'll be interesting. Or this whole series. So you know, these these three uh three you know the two three two format. They got the advantage is gonna be whoever's hosting it. Yeah, especially with, with it being a you know, split right now. Yeah, so game three would take place tonight in Philadelphia, weather permitting on Fox that's at 7.03 p.m. Central Standard Time. Your pitching matchup, as we mentioned, Lance McCullers versus Noah Sendegar. Tomorrow's game four will be on Fox at 7.03 p.m. Uh, that's Christian Javier versus Suarez for Philadelphia. Game five will take place, if necessary, will take place once again in Philadelphia on Wednesday at 7.05. As I said, game five, if in parentheses, if necessary, no starters have been announced yet for both teams as far as that game is concerned. So that's your World Series schedule for this upcoming week. All right. This is I can see sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you. And now we could talk some college uh, football. Uh, some interesting uh, uh, things happened over the weekend. But well, we'll start. We'll start with the uh, the the good. I guess you can kind of say mm -hmm. uh, Ohio State got the best of uh, Penn State. Uh, you know, forty four thirty one. Sean Clifford three hundred seventy one yards, but you know he was actually sacked a couple of times. And mm -hmm. JT JT Tuamalu. I hope I got his name right. Um, became just the second player to. This is going to be interesting because there's a lot to say. He had like three titles for a loss. He had a pick six. Mm -hmm. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me see. I got you know, my cheat sheet didn't open up, so I got. I'm doing this on the fly here. But he had a huge. Uh, he had a, like a huge. He had two sacks, a a, a cause fumble, a recover fumble, a tip pass. Um, I think I got, hope I got all that right. But yeah, he was definitely the star. <laughs> and of course, you know, CJ, you know, CJ Stroud did his thing. You know, I think he had like four, like four touchdown uh, passes and such. Marvin Harrison Jr. caught like three of those. Uh, yes, uh, yep. folks, uh, that's Marvin Harris's. Uh, for those of you who are wondering. Uh, but, uh, you know, get, yeah, get, you know, feeling old. I know, I know. I'm sorry, folks. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a really good showing by kind of a dominating performance by uh, the the guys at Penn State. Yeah, the Buckeyes were in a tough contest. They pulled away, uh, scoring 28 points in the fourth quarter. As you mentioned, Marvin Harrison Jr., 10 catches for 185 yards. They didn't uh, run the ball particularly well as a team, but but like you mentioned, C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr. saved the day uh, for the Buckeyes. I did check out a little bit of that game. 
Penn State had their chances, but Ohio State was just too strong, and they executed well down the stretch. Absolutely, and they stay undefeated. Uh, yeah, they they'll be you know hearing their name in the first page of that uh, college football playoff. You know that that you know the first rays will be released tomorrow on ESPN. So uh, make sure you guys stay tuned and check that out as well. Uh, Georgia uh, pulled away from Florida in their annual uh, matchup in Jacksonville, 40, 42 to twenty. Really did not do too much. I mean, since Bennett, you know, he had two interceptions, but really did not do too much. You know, Dijon, Dijon Edwards, I should say, had uh, two rushing touchdowns and 106 rushing yards. Kenny McIntosh kicked in with a nine, with 90 rushing yards and two touch, touchdowns. And Brock Boyers had 154 uh, receiving yards and a touchdown. Sort of where the he's not getting mentioned for some of the Heisman uh, consideration. But uh, that's, like, actually one of the best in that rivalry game. So, really a solid you know, team win by the by the Bulldogs. As you mentioned, Florida made it interesting that third quarter scoring, outscoring Georgia 17 to 7, but it was those uh, 28, 28 first half points for Georgia that really set the tone for that game. Absolutely. And uh, Georgia, they stay undefeated. They got a big matchup coming up. We'll get to their next opponent, uh, next week's opponent, in, this Saturday's opponent, I should say. In a second, uh, as we go through here, uh, Tennessee, that's the team that uh, Georgia will be playing against next. They uh, just hammered uh, Kentucky 44-6. to They actually scored a touchdown the opening drive, like not even like 15 seconds in. <laughs> completely off guard and that's sort of like that that shows you how that game was gonna go hidden hooker had another three touchdown uh passes 245 yards he also had a rushing touchdown uh jabari small had 78 rushing yards and it was Jalen hyatt who had 138 uh receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns it was, yeah, but, it was also, it, but it was but it was also the defense too three interceptions they, they intercepted mm-hmm. will leave it three times yeah it was total domination by the Tennessee defense, in which uh, got the Tennessee Vols offense off and running. They scored 37 at 44 points from the second quarter on, including 20 in the second quarter alone. Yeah, this is, yeah, that was, it was like a total uh, utter domination yeah. from a start to finish there. Uh, Michigan uh, got the best of Michigan State. They exercised those demons after losing two straight to Michigan State, after losing two straight to Sparty. JJ McCarthy had a touchdown pass, but it was, you know, Blake, you know, Quorum again, 177. Rushing yards and a touchdown, but it was really the defense that slowed Michigan mm-hmm. down. Now, it was it was it was actually ended up what happening. You know, Michigan you know, stays undefeated, but it was actually what happened after the game. I didn't see it live, but apparently there were like four Michigan player, Michigan State players, should say I attacked Michigan. One Michigan player in the tunnel. Yeah, and, I saw that on social media. That was just stupid. No, yeah, that, that was just stupid. Yeah, and uh, I thought I, I thought I saw somewhere that uh, that player. Um, and quite that four though, those four players were suspended. Mel Tucker suspended, mm-hmm. uh, now law enforcement is involved, yeah. Uh, Jamon Green, who was the player that was attacked in the middle of that uh brawl, there he's now uh, he's hired an attorney and now is uh, pursuing charges. That's what uh, Jim Harbaugh said in a presser, uh, was a few a little while ago. And I know people will say, Well, we're security and such, but this is this is like this is a is a rival that goes back like over 120 years. Go back to like the highest rivalry with night in the in the eighties, especially with a couple of times when Michigan State got Michigan, you know, as they were trying to go for a national championship. And even go back to Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, especially the seventies. Can you imagine like how that was back in the day? Like our buddy uh, Sean uh, Davis said, I mean, just imagine yeah. you know, the cameras. Even the cameras weren't even around then, so it was just like they. Unfortunately, this got a little bit out of hand. Unfortunately. 
Yeah, I'm all for rooting for your team. I know this has nothing to do with fan conduct, but I'm, I'm all for rooting for your team and creating that healthy uh, hatred. This makes any sense. But like I said, going overboard like that, that's just inexcusable. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure we haven't heard the last the last of this. So, But even still, like I said, you know, breaks that two-game uh, 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 losing streak in Michigan State. Michigan does against Michigan State, so... You know, they'll probably have not heard the last little incident incident there. But uh, TCU stays undefeated. It'll be West Virginia 41-31, holding, mm-hmm. off, holding them off. Oregon, no letdown against uh, California, 42-24. And I don't know what the heck happened this last game. Hello, Oklahoma State. I'm talking to you. <laughs> 48 nothing over K-State. Uh, uh, you know, they lose to K-State 48-0. What happened? Yeah, I was flipping around like and I was watching the uh the game that was airing on ABC. We're gonna talk about that game coming up. But I, I turned to this guy's like Oklahoma State has zero. Uh, did I miss something here? <laughs> did I miss something here? We talked about it on Friday. We expected this game to be some sort of shootout. It was all, all right, but it was, it was one side. I didn't think K State had it in them like that. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's Lakita doing his Jordan Shrug for those of you listening on the podcast. I don't know what happened there. I know. I know. Jason, I know Justin T- Taylor Jr. was banged up for uh for OK State, but you know even he played, but you can tell he wasn't one hundred percent. But still, that was just like mm, that was just an awful, awful display there by o- OK State. I'm sure uh, Mike Gundy let his his guys have it afterwards. Now, uh, you know, if you're Louisville, if you're a Louisville fan, you got to be feeling pretty good. Uh, they pulled off the upset. They upset uh, Wake Forest. 48-21. I saw a little bit of this game, and you know, Willie Cunningham had 160, uh, through 464 yards. Uh, Braden Smith had a touchdown pass and a rushing touch, uh, a touchdown pass, I should say. Willie Cunningham actually picked up the slap by two rushing touchdowns, and you know, Cardinals pulled off the big upset. And if you're the Cardinals, you've been kind of been when uh, Lamar Jackson left, you've kind of been considered an afterthought. But this is actually probably their biggest win since he was there. Yeah, you mentioned Louisville. They're three and three now in the ACC, five and three overall. That's well, a big loss for Wake Forest. I'm sure they'll drop in, the, in terms of the rankings. I know they're ranked number ten right now. They're six and two overall, two and two in the ACC. So this is a big loss for the Demon Dinkins. Uh, I didn't have them going to the college football playoff, but will they be in that rotation to get one of those big bowl games? I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Should be interesting uh, there. Uh, USC with a bounce back win over Arizona. Actually, they really had to hang on. Uh, 45-37. Uh, UCLA uh, pulled away from Stanford. 38-13. How many people were in the Rose Bowl? <laughs> Ooh, not, a, not many, I don't think. Uh, Ole, Miss, <laughs> Ole Miss held off Texas A&M. 31-28. And Notre Dame pulled away from Syracuse. 41-24. That was a shocker for me. I didn't expect Notre Dame to come out like that. I know Syracuse has been one of the uh, uh, surprising teams in college football this year. So they ranked 16th in the country. But Notre Dame, they, they jumped out on, on Syracuse in that first half, uh, scoring 21 points, leading 21-7 at the half. Syracuse tried to make a game of it, but uh, Notre Dame's strong start, was that's what led the way for the Fighting Irish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Syracuse still smarting from that loss uh, to <laughs> Uh, to Clemson, so I guess they're still smarter from that. Now, Illinois, this was a yeah, game that yeah, aired 26-9 over Nebraska. Now, Nebraska did keep it close, but I guess when he lost Casey Thompson to an injury, that kind of did it for yeah. uh, for them. Uh, Chase Brown had uh, a touchdown, uh, 449 rushing yards, and a touchdown, and uh, three interceptions in total by uh, 
by the Nebraska QBs and, and your namesake, Sid, Sidney Brown actually caught one of those uh one of those interceptions. So you know, Illinois, they're seven one, they're four one now in the conference. They got a they got a tough one coming up this week. We'll tell you who they're gonna be playing against mm-hmm. on Friday, but uh they got a couple of tough ones before they finish up their season against Northwestern. But uh where do you think uh the Alina will be in terms of uh, the playoffs? Because I don't think I don't think they're gonna be like near the, the top. I don't I don't think they're gonna probably be like 15, no. 16, or 17 like they were now. No, but I think they have still have a good chance of of, I'm not going to say run the table, but I think they have a chance there are seven wins right now. Uh, I think they have a chance to finish at 10 wins. I really do. Like you said, they'll, they'll, they'll beat Northwestern. I know they have, uh, I know I'm blowing your horn a little bit. I know they have Michigan state coming up. You still have Purdue. They got to go to the big house uh, in a, about three weeks against uh, Michigan. I think they'll give Michigan a run, but I, I don't see them uh, Illinois beat Mich- Michigan. I really don't. So I'm, I'm counting that as a loss, but they can have no worse than nine wins. I think they can get to 10, but uh, I think they'll have nine wins, to be honest with you. They'll beat Northwestern, which gives them a – can they split the two games between Purdue and Michigan State? Now, they beat both of them, so be it, and the Michigan game won't, uh, won't matter as much. But I seriously think I, can, I think they can get to 10 wins. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, I think uh, Chase Brown, I think, leads the, 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 the nation in rushing, too, in a lot of the rushing categories <laughs> I saw somewhere. So – should be getting some highs in consideration. Maybe he will now as, you know, more games are of importance. They, they play Michigan State. We'll see if the Michigan State uh, defense can slow them down. But uh, we just see what happens there. Uh, UCF uh, scores uh, the go-ahead touchdown in the final seconds as they upset Cincy uh, 25-21. Uh, they were very close to beating them last year. I'm talking about UCF, so mm-hmm. sort of like yeah, a little bit of revenge there. Uh, Miley Keene uh, from for UC- UCF had uh, 176 yards, uh, and RJ Harvey, including the go-ahead touchdown, had two touchdowns, including the go-ahead rushing mm-hmm. touchdown that uh, sealed uh, UCF's win. Hello. Okay. Okay, I thought you went out on me for a second. <laughs> number oh, twenty-one, North Carolina. Okay, nor- number twenty-one, North Carolina uh, defeated Pittsburgh forty-two to twenty-one. Drake May uh, was thirty-four for forty-four, three hundred eighty-eight yards and five touchdowns. Lakina, we talked about the ACC being down this year. Do you see North Carolina getting one of those big bowls? Because I know not too many people have talked about them, have been talking about them this year. I know it's Clemson and everybody else, but do you see North Carolina being a threat to getting one of those other big bowl games? Yeah, they're they're first in the coastal division right now, and I, I you know I think the way they're doing it now is that they, yeah, you know, I guess they're you know going by I guess you know when when you know most wins in the conference and such. Now they've got a pretty even schedule. They play Virginia on Saturday. They played uh, Wake Forest, and then they got Georgia Tech. And they finished up against NC State, of course. Their their rivalry game that week uh, mm-hmm. that week of Thanksgiving. Now Drake May is should he should be another guy that should be getting up there. He's like one of the top passers. In the FBS, I think he's like leads leads the FBS or is up there among uh, QB rating and uh, and yards. So he's definitely a guy that should be up there. But again, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, North Carolina, you know, Mac Brown, you know, after being kind of a disappointment last year, but they've been able to have a nice mm-hmm. little uh, bounce back uh, season. So looking pretty good so far for North Carolina. And uh, to finish to help me you know, finish off our buddy Mike Burn, I'm sure he I'm sure he's excited about this. This one, uh, Missouri, uh, <laughs> South Carolina, 23-10. You know, NBC uh, 5's Mike Berner. We had him on the show. We got to mm-hmm. get him back on. 
But yeah, 23-10, they upset South Carolina in Columbia. South Carolina, I should say. So that's a, a nice uh, win for them. Uh, Auburn loses to Arkansas, and Brian Hurston has been fired. But yeah, he got like about a nice little like twelve million dollars severance uh, package. So uh, yeah, he, that, that's his link card. <laughs> that's his link card. So uh, o- OU uh, uh, defeated uh, I- Iowa State uh, twenty-seven thirteen. I don't think I think it will be too late for them to get up there for the Big Twelve. But if you're Brett, if you're mm-hmm. if you're Brett Venable, I think you 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 take this sort of like. You're starting to kind of improve a little bit. You're improving a little bit on defense. So you can kind of try to finish strong and perhaps get one of those New Year's Bowl games at the very least. Yeah, they're going to have to have a strong finish as they're 5-3 and three right now, 2-3 and three in Big 12 play. Uh, Florida, going back to the ACC, Florida State dominates Georgia Tech 41-16. to 16. I know Florida State will face the Miami Hurricanes next Saturday night on ABC. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes are now 4-4 four and four in the air. They're squeaking by Virginia Tech in four overtimes, fourteen to twelve. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those games where you feel like nobody wanted to win. I, I, told, I watched a little bit of it. I'm like, oh, it took four overtimes for that because they had to. Because remember, they had to go for two. You know, each after after the second one, they had to go for two. So like, go for two, and I guess you know the Miami got the best of uh, Virginia mm-hmm. late. So just uh, crazy. But uh, look at your look at your uh, your Golden Gopher City or the Flying PJ. Yeah, they shut out. They're probably their best game in a while. They shut mm-hmm. out uh, Rutgers thirty-one nothing. Now they still have some of the outside shots of uh, way the Big Ten uh, West. A lot has to happen in front of them, but. You know, with everything that's been going on this year, you know, losing, you know, key guys to injuries and Tanner Morgan's mm-hmm. been struggling, but looking pretty good. You know, hopefully they can finish strong. Perhaps, like I said, you know, finish, you know, get to those like big bowl games. Yeah. Shout out to Muhammad Ibrahim for the Golden Gophers. They're running back 36 carries, 159 yards, and three touchdowns to set the tone for the Golden Gophers as they improve their record to five and three. Of course, uh, Northwestern one and seven after yeah. getting blown out by Iowa 33 to 13. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was actually close for a while, but, you know, they kick it into gear talking about uh, Iowa, so it, it's a little bit nutty. Arizona State beat Colorado 42-34. Uh, Boise, Boise State uh, beat Colorado State. Uh, San Jose State, I know there was a lot of motion uh, going on in that game. They beat Nevada in a pretty, it's going to be a pretty exciting game, 35-28. And uh, Middle Tennessee, they're still going strong after being Miami. They're one and three now in their conference, but they've lost like three in a row. So they need yeah. this win against uh, UTEP. So a nice win for them. And uh, that's about really it for like some of the top games. That's your schedule. Yeah, I know Baylor. Baylor won Baylor, on oh, Saturday. Baylor. Yeah, Baylor. Uh, Baylor uh, won on Saturday as well. So they're trying to keep pace in that uh, Big Twelve. So lots to lots to be excited at some of these conferences with. Who, real quick though, before we go to uh, old school TV Monday, who do you think will be your top four once they're announced tomorrow? Oh, you'll have to have Georgia up there, Alabama. Let's see who else. Um, mm, mm, mm. Georgia, Alabama. Uh, I was going to say North Carolina, but no, not yet, not yet. Let's see here. Um. You were thinking somebody from the Big Twelve would be out there, uh, Lakina, but I, I'm not sure. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're there yet. USC probably. So that's three. So mm-hmm. USC, Alabama, and Georgia, and that fourth team that's kind of up in the air right now. Maybe Tennessee. 
So I'll go with them. Alabama, Tennessee, USC, and Georgia. That's my four. All right. Uh, I'll say Georgia, Tennessee. I think Michigan will be up there. Uh, hold on. Let me see here. Well, who else could probably perhaps be? Like, like you say, if Michigan is up there, probably Tennessee would be the odd team out. Mm, yeah, see, I don't think Alabama is going to be up there. I, I, I think that – I don't think they're there just yet. That was a tough loss against Tennessee, so I, I don't think they're going to be up there just quite yet. But uh, who's the, who will be at the third team? I think maybe Clemson, maybe? I guess those are my four, Tennessee, Georgia, <sighs> Michigan, and Clemson. But again, like a lot – If Clemson's up there, they'll be because of reputation. Well, they're undefeated right now, Sid. I mean, what, look, I'm, look, I'm just a messenger here. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I know, I know, I know. But like I said, I mean, look, a lot could happen. A lot. Look, this is just a first yeah. ranking. You got about like five weeks of this, more weeks of this. So a lot could change. <laughs> You're gonna do like, a lot of teams will be, you know, teetering back and forth. Some teams may come in, some teams might lose, some teams might, you know, come in, might come out, or might get in. So you never know. There's still there's still lots to be decided here. So. I will advise folks now, if you if your team's not up there just yet, or if you can play by one team being up there or not, it's, it'll pro- I'm sure it'll, it's about, you got about a little over a month left, so mm-hmm. it'll probably be changed by the time the second week of December rolls around. Yeah, like you say every year, Lakina, the first draft is not the, always the final draft, so like you said, we have a little bit more time to go, so it creates great debate, great conversation. Uh, the folks, the good folks at ESPN, know, are, they know what the hell they're doing. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see who's going to be the uh, top four in those first rankings. Listen, you listen to Legacy Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown. Okay, Sid, as we wrap things up, what is, you know, we didn't get a chance to do old school TV Monday last week because we had, you know, of course, our, our good buddy uh, CBS Turner Spiro Diaz. But who is your, and I think I can already see if you guys who are watching this on YouTube and on <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Roku uh, TV, you already know what it is. Sid, tell us. Well, let's go to Deary, Indiana, and pay salute to the Saturday morning uh, TNBC show, Hang Time. As Hang Time is an American teen sitcom that aired on NBC from September 9th, 1995 to December 16th, 2000, as part of the network's Saturday morning programming block for teenagers. Created by Troy Sear, Robert Tarloff, and Mark Fink, the series featured extensive casting changes throughout its six-season run, similar mm-hmm. to its TNBC stable made Saved by the Bell, the new class. The show's title is taken from a sports term referring to how long a basketball player stays in the air after leaving the ground for a slam dunk. Go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hang Time won a Prism Award in 1999 for its accurate uh, depictions of drug use in the season four episodes, High Hoops and the Breaks of the Game. Of course, notable cast members were former NBA player um, Reggie Theus. Of course, when he left the show after season four, I believe, uh, he uh, the, the role of head coach of the Daring Tornadoes was taken over by uh, in, uh, a pro football Hall of Famer in Chicago Bear legend Dick Buggins as Coach Krakowski. Of course, you had Anthony Anderson, who's now going on to bigger, better things. He got his start on the on this show, I'll call him the Rick Mahorn of uh, of mm-hmm. Hang Time. He was mm-hmm. Rick Mahorn with a jump shot. Of course, it was based uh, on uh, on uh, uh, the character uh, Julie Connor. Uh, um, she couldn't play on the all uh, girls team. She, uh, it was a high school that it wasn't an all girls team, so she had to join the boys team, and she did in the small town of Deering, Indiana. Of course, you had guest stars on that program, including the late great Chick Hearn, the famous. 
basketball announcer for the Los Angeles Lakers. Alonzo Mourning was on that program. Grant Hill, Mitch Richmond, and uh, countless other uh, NBA stars, of course. Amal Rashad, a real bait guest host, uh, guest starred on one of the episodes during his first season. So uh, it was a show about high school hoops in a small town uh, of Deering, Indiana, as I mentioned. They've dealt with various issues from gambling to drinking, dating, and, uh, and graduation uh, and whatnot. Me personally, I believe that the best seasons of hang time were seasons three and four. He had a very uh, group of diverse uh, personalities and, uh, and, and, and castmates, and they really dove deep into uh, the the storylines of those characters and which propelled that show. I really enjoyed it. Now I I kind of got into that show late. I didn't like the first couple of seasons, but seasons three and four I loved. Yeah, I think everyone. I think you won't get any argument from me because so, I've seen a lot of I've asked a lot of people say that season three really was the best because you know they kind of you know once they you know got rid of some you know some folks and then they brought some other people on. They started to mm-hmm. kind of like really get into it. And then, of course, they won a championship. They had like, I think they had like 30 episodes at one point. Like two of those seasons had like 30 or 32 episodes. So it was a long season, you know, good times, right? 32 episodes of a television uh, series yes. in, in this in this juncture. But, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like after the fifth season, I was kind of like over at this point. You know, all the casting changes, they were repeating themselves. Like like every show, I mean, even yeah. you know, Saved by the Bell, the new class had the, that issue. You know, I think California Dreams also had that issue too in a couple of uh, episodes, but you know, it'll be interesting. And also too, I, I think Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Thea is left to, I think coach either, uh, I think it was the NBA or it was, I think it was New Mexico State at the time. He got back. Right. Cause he coaching. was doing TNT when he did uh, um, hang mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, during the, the off season when he wasn't filming. So, but I, I think it was New Mexico State when I guess the AD at the time called him and said, "Hey, look, mm-hmm. why not? If you could coach high school, high school of kids, why not college you know, kids?" So that's why he <laughs> left. And of course, Dick Buckets got the call from the bullpen to come in. You know, Coach Kalowitz was pretty cool. He had like that rough exterior, but like had a, mm-hmm. had like the heart of gold and, and such. But you know, it, it felt it, it kind of something was missing, and you felt like they, they spent six years in high school. Like, how does mm-hmm. how is that possible? I guess only on television, yeah. but. Uh, I mean, uh, Megan Parlin, I think, did a great job. They ended up doing, like, voiceover work after that show ended. Yeah, she uh, played Mary Beth Pepperton, yes. Yeah, Chad yeah. Gabriel, I think, after he led the third season, I think he ended up doing a lot of voiceover work, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Jay Hernandez, who joined in season four, he's he's Magnum P.I. now. Go figure. Yeah, he yeah and he's married to um, uh, Daniel Dusher, yeah. Danielle yeah. Dusher, who played Julie Connor. so I they still not, married yeah. to this day. Yeah, I did not know that until someone told me. Like, wait, wait, they got married really good after. Yeah, yeah because he joined in, I believe, in season late in uh, late in season four into season yeah. five. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought someone said that. Like, wait, wait, wait they're married. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone told one of my friends told me. Yeah, other friends told me. Yeah, they're married. But uh, yeah, so you know, she. I, I think she's doing like her. I think she's got her own like YouTube channel. I think. I, I, I'm thinking. I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, but yeah, good for them. I think they they've been married for quite a while now, and uh. You know, there was some like other uh, people, but uh, yeah, like I said, Anthony Andrews really liked that guy that kind of, you know, he was like, you ask him about it now, he probably gets a kick out of it too, because I'm sure, you know, you ask him, like, he's the only one that's really working because, well, other than Jay Hernandez, you know, other than him, mm-hmm. I'll take him out of it, but he's really the only one that's been working consistently in Hollywood, but he and Jay. So if you had yeah. told me that after everybody out, everybody on that cast, he and Jay would be the only ones that'd be still working in Hollywood. I think our people people would thought you'd be crazy. So exactly, exactly. It's, it's a little nutty, but uh, look, they, they dealt with some different issues. They dealt with you know date rape and drinking and fake mm-hmm. IDs. They did it in a very funny way. But like I said, I I, I stopped watching after the after the, the fifth season, you know, because it kind of felt a little kind of bored and it kind of 
felt a little bit too blah by then. I did yeah. watch it. I ended up watching a finishing series on YouTube. Some of the episodes, all the episodes are on YouTube. So, uh, you know, I was watching it last year on YouTube yes. and everything was opening yes. back up. So, yes. you can catch many of those episodes on YouTube. Yeah, Peacock people, Peacock. You know, let's get these shows on Peacock. Come on yes. now. But, uh, but yeah, look, it was a it was a great show, and uh, I'm glad that they, they kind of like got away from the issue of you know uh, Julie being the only girl on the team. The first mm-hmm. season, okay, yeah, it made sense, but yeah, after the season, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. So you know, they yeah. really didn't mention it too much after that. Yeah, real quick, a couple of other guest stars that are on that show. As far as the NBA stars are concerned, Marcus Johnson is now doing mm-hmm. uh, color uh, a, a color analyst work for the Milwaukee Bucks on Ballet Sports Wisconsin. Uh, he played actually played Anthony Anderson's character's father on that show, mm-hmm. his long lost father on that yes. show, and yes. the late great Kobe Bryant, who guest star. He this is when he was becoming Kobe Bryant. He was in his early stages. He was this is at the time he was going to the All Star game as an eighteen year old. Coming off the bench, and that was doing a that was an episode that had to do the with gambling. gambling. So he guest started on that show. Yeah, he yeah. He, mm-hmm. he so he guest started on on that show. He helped. Yeah, he helped a couple. Uh, I think it was Julie, Michael, and Teddy out of a jam. They were gonna get yes, yes. Kobe had to come in the you know, to save the day. You know, he was like, look, he was like eight. He was like eighteen at the time. Yeah, he turned nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yet just got into the league. So that was a pretty memorable yeah. episode there. You know, especially after. What ended up happening to him, but yeah, I mean, like it was it was a great series for it was a great series. You know, look, it was a great like Saturday morning you know series by part of the TNBC lineup, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, look, it was one of those shows that it was great for what it was. It wasn't meant to like change the world or anything like that. Just a, a nice, you know, fun. You, you learn some stuff, and yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was actually, it was it was a solid show. Get on Peacock, people. Peacock, yes, get on yes. There. And one more thing before we close our shop. Your Shirley had a true, uh, your Shirley had a big crush on Amber Beretta, aka Christy <laughs> Ford, who played the redheaded cheerleader. Oh, I was in love with her back then. She yes, was, yeah, she was very loved. I wonder what she's doing nowadays. They should, do, they should do a reunion with all the stars. They should, yeah, they, they should. Really should, yeah, get all yep. the Andy Essie to make that happen. You, you got a J too, yo. Y'all need to make that happen, guys. Come mm-hmm. on, it's a little bit of perfect time to do it during the pandemic. So I don't know. Exactly. Twenty five so, years. It's only been twenty five mm-hmm. years. So. Yep. Of the, of when it first aired, so come on now, let's get it together here. Just like, yeah, in the last episode, Julie turns out the lights at the gym. Go, Derry. Only... <laughs> yeah, yeah, only, yeah, it was kind of, of course, it was corny, but yeah, it was only fitting that she would be yeah. the one to kind of say the last, <laughs> say, the, say the last uh, words from the show. So it, it was fine. I had no, I had no problem with that. So, our old school TV some Monday salute to the TNBC show, Hang Time. All right, on that note, you follow me at Kingdom McGee on the Twitter and at Kingdom Scrub McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yep, and make sure you catch Sports Zone Chicago live at 11 Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again, as you young folks would say, catch Second City Sports live at 11 Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time exclusively right here on Sports Zone Chicago. And don't forget, anytime you want, you can catch uh, Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. If you have a Roku, mm-hmm. if 
if you don't have a Roku television, you just go on the Roku uh, uh, stick. You know, go on uh, on the apps, uh, app store, your app pages. You know, type in Sports Zone Chicago right there. And the search button, it'll come. It'll pop right out. You can listen to our, watch our show, Sean and Maya. The Smoke Fellas and What's Up Cuz is going to be, I'm sure they're going to have a lot to say about uh, that Bears game. Uh, yeah, you know, Jason's going to say a lot about his Dolphins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Jason Palmer's going to be, yeah, he's going to be doing this. And I'm sure he's going to be talking a lot, too, uh, about this time next week about uh, about yeah. uh, that Dolphins-Bears game. Well, we'll talk more about that on Friday. But, uh, yeah, so check out our check out the, the, all the shows, you know, right there for you on the your fingertips, you know, whatever device that you got. Smartphone, uh, Chrome, uh, laptop, whatever you got. Yes. So for Lakina, I'm Sid. You've been listening to Second City Sports live in a little bit color on Sports Zone Chicago. And you know, stay safe out there, all you Halloween kids. Don't overindulge. Don't get into any trouble. If you're not gonna wash your <laughs> hands, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna get vaccinated, wash your hands to be good to each other. The Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Apples, holla. <laughs>